Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. He takes off his he takes off his armband with the Steph um, you and Katie the, tattoo. You remember those old, um, well, you're a little young. But the the half the half giants half A's hats it was a thing for a minute. Um, it wasn't a good thing. No one, no one supported it, but everyone knew someone who had it. Do you think Drake has one of those, like a half Raptors, half Warriors jersey? He's wearing one under the other, Sam. He's oh, just, he's going with the reversible. Just, he just takes it right kinda off. Like Steph hits a few in a row, and he he switches from the Dell to the Steph. <laughs> yeah. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. <laughs> That's great. Sam, hold on. i got to read the legal ID. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM, and HD1. KGMZ San Francisco, a radio.com sports station. Um, <laughs> we could probably talk about Drake for the next hour, um, but we will not. We will not. That's not why the people are listening. I know when I'm uh, I got to get better at that. Uh, if you want to call in and join the show, 888-957-9570, or if you want to text in the Chilton Auto Body text line, Nine five seven nine five. Uh Andy, I want to take this in a different direction. So I, I kinda wanna talk about um the Warriors key players performance in game one and kind of get your opinions on them. So let, let's start with Steph Curry here. Steph had thirty four points, um, but fourteen of them were on the free throw line. Now credit to him for being aggressive and getting those fouls, but I almost felt like the Raptor strategy was I'd rather give you twenty free throw attempts mm-hmm. than let you get uh, in one of those little flurries that just kind of gets the whole team going. Um, I don't really know. I, it, Steph certainly played a good game. He didn't play. He didn't play poorly or anything. But I feel like they need more from him than that. Yeah, they do. They do. And the times when Steph is kind of, they need him more than ever to be the primary ball handler. You should not ever have Clay Thompson dribbling the ball up the court and then against Danny Green and just losing it half the time and then being so frustrated that he pushes off against Danny Green, gets called for an offensive foul, and then gets a tech. Steph Curry should be the man on the ball at all times. There's no reason for him not to be. 18 shots. I get that he had 14 free throws. Right? I get that. And he had six trips to the line. Two of them were three-point field goal attempts. Uh-huh. So we're calling six. So that's it still should 20, be 25 24, shots. 24 shooting attempts. Yeah. But it still should be more than that. right? There's, there's no choice. If you're Steph Curry, you have to. You just have to. You have to be a volume shooter. He is the most efficient, the greatest shooter of all time. He literally cannot be a volume shooter, right? You just got to chuck up 25 shots. That's just that's what you have to do right now. Um, and Waz made a good point. We had Waz earlier from The Athletic. He said that the Warriors' offense looked good. It was good. They got open shots. They just didn't make them. They just got to play better defense. So to so, your question. So that that's my thing, yeah. Iguodala was 0 for 4 from 3. Draymond was 0 for 2. Um they need more shooting from those two, but it's also unfair to expect Iguodala to go five for eight like he did in that game six against Houston. So the reality falls somewhere in the middle there, which is to say they still need more from Stephen Clay. As long as KD's out, I think they need those two to give them a combined 60-plus a game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at it. Let's just break this down. KD's good for 30 points a game minimum. War. Steph and Clay probably have to make up at least half of that. And then you're just hoping whoever has a hot hand gets going. Is it an Iguodala game? Is it a Jarebko game? Is it a Draymond game? Is it a Looney? You know, they got to do it by committee. Yeah, yeah. Somehow I don't think it's going to be Jarebko, Sam. Somehow. It might not be. Um, we got a call on line two. Drew oh, nice. from Lafayette actually wants to talk about third score by committee. Amazing segue. Wow. Drew, how you doing? Hey, guys, I was just telling your producer the same thing. Hey, great show, by the way. Um, And not to oversimplify it, but, you know, when's the last time KD scored nine points in a game? So that tells you right there. If he plays, he gets more than nine points. We win that game by, you know, 14, right, if he plays. So in the meantime, though, it's going to have to be by committee, meaning we all their guys 
they, they need to be hot. I mean, we, we need the usual that we used to get from uh, Iguodala, like 8.8 to 10 a game, Livingston, 8 to 10. Uh, we need to get 8 to 10 from our center. The Splash Brothers need to combine for 30. I mean, it's time for Clay to have a, clay, a game six clay night. Um, you, you know, and everyone else pitches in the bench, the rest of the bench, maybe another 25. I mean, that's how we win this game. What do you guys think? Yeah, thanks for calling in, Drew. Yeah, I, I think absolutely you're right. And this is the thing about the Warriors in the last four years is that, get it, strength in superstars, right? They got a lot of superstars. But when called upon, they have had players that have showed up, that have played well. Leandro Barbosa, Mo Spates, Andrew Boga, Harrison Barnes, right? These type of players have played well, have stepped up in crunch time. We're, we're not going to bring up Anderson Varejao in Game 7, except I just did. But they have had role players shown up. And now is that same time, right? You know, don't expect your Rebco to score 10 points, right? Or McKinney to score 10 points. But they have to make those big shots. Even if it's on the road, they still need them to make those big shots, which is essentially what Fred Van Vliet did. It's essentially what Marcus All did, right? Those guys made big shots, made big plays, um, and the Warriors didn't. Uh, so I, I will say this, though, Sam. For me, when I was watching that game, I looked for signs where the Warriors looked like they were overmatched. I wanted that feeling from the Raptors. I never got that feeling throughout the entire game. I never felt like, oh, man, like this is a team that's way too big, way too athletic, too good at shooting, right? I never got that feeling from the Raptors. It more just felt like, not not that the Warriors lost the game, but that, hey, the Warriors are playing bad and they deserve to lose this game. But I don't think they were overwhelmed. I think they were overwhelmed in 2016 against OKC. Don't think it's the same thing against this team. Yeah, Sean Livingston mentioned the OKC Toronto comparison. Defensively, that's a good comparison. You know, it's a little different offensively the way they play, but yeah, they're they're definitely long, rangy. They got guys with good hands. You definitely you got to protect the ball. You know, be quick and decisive with your decisions uh, because you know they got. And honestly, I didn't agree with Sean on that. I mean, I think Toronto is an excellent defensive team, but that OKC team in 2016. With Kevin Durant, with Russell Westbrook, with Andre Roberson, Serge Ibaka, Stephen Adams. That team was a lot longer. They were probably the most physically intimidating team I've ever seen. They were just, they're just so long, so athletic, so strong. Like you have no physical advantage on them. And I got why teams struggled versus them when they truly locked in because you're just not going to play a team that big. You're not going to play a team that's bigger, faster, and stronger than you like they are. Yeah, and you watch those games, Sam. Like, I was re-watching um, Game 6 and Game 7. The Warriors were down by 10 a lot in those games. Like, and, they and, were those old- ten, and those 10-point runs were a lot of three straight turnovers um, where it's like you think you've all played basketball. The pass you can normally make, when a guy's got six extra inches and is quicker than you, he's picking it off and going to the rim. That's what was happening against OKC. I don't think that's what was happening against Toronto. Yep, yep correct. Yep, I don't think. I don't I, think. I think Toronto's a, a smarter defensive team than that OKC team yep. was. I think you you have a bunch of veterans. Majority of this Toronto team is guys who've made all defensive teams in their career, who are around thirty, who are just very smart players. They're not going to make mistakes, but they don't have three seven footers with seven five wingspans, which that OKC team had, and like a point guard who's the size of a small forward, and. You know, just all the problems OKC did where it was just basically just – they were just huge. Yeah. Everybody has some great texts coming in, by the way. Um, we'll, we'll we'll get to them in a bit. But we've got Jimmy in Fremont. Wants to talk about Pascal Siakam, the next Kobe Bryant. Jimmy, how you doing? Yo, yo. Shout out to my brown brothers and sisters from Fremont. Love the Light Years podcast. Shouts to Warriors World. Legend. I got to ask you, though. Yo, man, is this Pascal dude for real? Like, I seem to recall dudes like Delhi in on Cleveland getting all the fake smart analysis about, oh, the end of the Warriors, this guy's going to shut him down. How worried should we really be? Warriors for life. Hashtag we believe. Thank you, Jimmy. Legend. Um, Andy was... Andy was downplaying Pascal Siakam before Game One. Okay, let, let's cut up him. Let's cut up Jimmy saying comparing him to Delhi. By the way, that was that was aggressive. And Andy, you were uh, you were a little skeptical of Siakam. Can we can we talk about this? Yeah. Can okay. We, can, we, can we get honest here? Do you feel joy? Say joy. I. Do, uh, do, are you ready to admit you you undersold how effective Siakam could be against the Warriors? 
<laughs> Always double down. I think, I, I truly, I, I believe Draymond Green. I believe Draymond Green, who's someone I think at this point in his defensive career, it's make me respect you on offense. Make me have to want to or need to guard you. Uh, I think I'm going to go back on my word and admit that I'm wrong if Draymond Green is locked in in game two and Pascal Siakam still co- scores an efficient like 25 points, right? That's when I'll be worried. But this game I felt was like a bit of a mirage. Um, and unless he makes it sustainable for a whole series, don't think that the Warriors, don't think that the Warriors worry, worry about it too much. Yeah, to me, um, one, Siakam's a really good player. I could see him being an all-star next year or down the line. Uh, he's probably going to win most improved player. Pascal Siakam let the Warriors know, you know, you can't treat me like Tony Allen. You can't treat me like Andre Roberson. If you don't guard me, I will destroy you. Uh, and that was the big thing. The Warriors were kind of doubling off of him and Marcus All here and there, whether it was slow rotations or it was a game plan to kind of send more help at Kawhi. Either way, they kind of they kind of sent the message. You can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, from there. All right, we got about a minute and a half. Let's go to Rico and see if we can squeeze him in. Rico, how's it going? Sorry? Yo. Yo, What's we're up, here. Rico. Rico. Yep. Good to hear you. All right. So, yeah, I just want to, you know, been a big fan of you guys and your podcast, stuff like that. But uh just kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on what you guys think about, like, you know, it happens fairly often whenever the Warriors kind of start you know, in any given game, start losing or start having some runs against them that a lot of the Twitter personalities are kind of act <laughs> like they're, you know, neutrals or national kind of writers. Right. You suddenly see, like, a whole new side of them come out, or there's something like, I don't know, it's like this uh, seems to be a hidden layer of, like, venom that just comes out, especially yeah. in the finals. Like, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for calling, Rico. We gotta, we, we're going to break soon. But, no, it makes a great point. Um, I think, you know, when you're the Warriors, like Draymond Green said, you're that good. People want you to lose. They don't want you to win, right? And they take pleasure in like this dynasty. They got a chance to go four out of five here and, and be one of the greatest teams of all time. People are, you know, always going to root for the underdogs. I think as a fan, as someone that's checking Twitter or on social media, you got to just enjoy it, man. Like you got to love that people are getting angry that the Warriors are winning. That's enjoyable. No one hates on the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> no one hates on the Atlanta Hawks. It's that simple. The Warriors have reached uh, New England Patriots status where they're kind of the evil empire. Uh, Warriors have reached kind of like the traditional Yankee status where it's like no one likes that team. That's where you want to be as a fan. You can't take it seriously. Like I said, no one no one hates on the Orlando Magic. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going through the Southeast Amazing. Division right now. No one hate. I mean, people did hate on the Heat back in the day. Nobody hates on the Atlanta Hawks. Did you say Atlanta Hawks? I did. Ah, all right. Well, uh, good stuff. We've got Joe Shasky, Butcher Boy, coming in on the other side. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, Warriors World Radio. Warriors World Radio continues on 95.7 The Game. Here's Andy Liu and Sam Esfandiari. Ba-na-na-na-na. If you guys were in studio, you get to watch Andy playing the drums anytime the music intros is in. Sam Fandiari, Andy Liu here, Warriors World Radio. We'll be with you for another 45 minutes. If you want to join the show, 888-957-9570 or text into the Chilton Auto Body text line, 95795. Sam, Carl just told me that Joe called in before we even called him. Do you think there's anyone more amped? than Joe Shasky in the world? Do you think it's just Joe and everybody else? I mean, we're certainly a tier below him, and it's a goal of mine to reach that tier. I'm trying to work my way up there. There are levels, yeah. I think we're maybe like, it's like one, Joe Shasky, 263, Andy Liu. Somewhere in the middle there, Stephen A. Smith. (laughs) Well done. Joe, sir, how are you doing? First off, gentlemen, my goodness. Uh, number one, Stephen A. Smith is the GOAT of all time when it comes to the hot takery game that he is the master of. Number two, where the hell is the optimism? This is the greatest 
Bay Area sports team of all time, and for some reason, the the lead Stephen Colbert character of Warrior Arrogant Season is like not all the way in on the Warriors winning a championship. <laughs> if you can't be arrogant right now, when the hell can you be as a sports fan? Come on, pick yeah, that turn up, Andy. Let's go. <laughs> are you are you sure they're the greatest team? Are you sure it's not this team? Sorry, Shasky. Had to do that one time. You know, you were talking about how excited I get. That is the most boring team (laughs) I've ever seen across. I would rather watch a kindergarten t-ball baseball game than the San Francisco Giants right now. It's it's absolutely disgusting, and they should be embarrassed. And when the brand new stadium is finally ready right across the street at Chase Center. They better watch oh, the yeah. bank account because I highly doubt anyone's going to want to double dip after a Warrior playoff game and then go watch the Giants, you know, scratch out two infield singles over nine innings. Yeah, I, I pass on that. It's just an embarrassing, just an embarrassing couple seasons here for the Giants. Three titles in five years to start, but man, it's rough right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm like you, Joe, we're big Giants fans. And uh, this is not what we have you on here to talk about. Please, no. Um, no, no. But, guys, all I care about is tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock, whatever time the game starts. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's basically going to be just like Winterfell. It's going to be just like uh, you know, Game of Thrones. I'm ready to see it. Steph Curry, step to the plate. Let's see it. And you guys have been talking about it all night. You've been kind of evading the topic. Look, not all max contracts are created equal. Clay Thompson, we all love you. Everyone loves you. Step the hell up. That was the quietest 21 points I've ever seen in my life. So is that, is, is that your guy for the key player to step up? Because I'm sitting here, in my opinion, Iguodala or Draymond need to start hitting shots. Someone outside of Steph or Clay has to hit a jump shot just to open a little space, let him going. Are you going with Clay? You need, you need a big Clay game? Honestly, I need everybody to step up. But absolutely, I need the guys who are making the most money to step up. These people that are like obsessed with our bench, Quinn Cook, McKinney, these guys are making the league minimum. Okay, what happens when you sign four dudes to near max contracts is you have a disproportionate, you know, top heavy team, and that's just a fact. And people seem to lose the nuance. Like, hey, Durant's gone. The rest of the team will just step up like they did in 2015. You don't have Mo Spates. You don't have Barbosa. You don't have all of those pieces that were making more money and were just better players than some of the guys you have on the bench. Absolutely, I need Draymond to step up. For me, though, guys, and nobody's brought it up yet, look, in the first quarter, at the beginning of the game, uh, this Jordan Bell experiment, it does not work. It doesn't work for a couple of reasons. Number one, he doesn't set screens. And what are you going to do if you want Clay to go off? You either have to give him the rock, run the pick and roll, or you got to screen off ball for this guy. This is why I want to see Andrew Bogut get a first couple of minutes in the game, two, three minutes, set a nasty screen, and then set that, what I would call the enforcer-style moving screen that everybody knows he loves to set at the beginning of games where you just see, hey, Kawhi, you want to come up and you want to trap Steph at the top of the key? I'm going to give you the what for right in that quad and just see how you're doing. You know teams are doing it to Steph Curry's hand. Why wouldn't you do it to Kawhi Leonard? He already looks somewhat hobbled, so I would be testing him all day making him run off of screens and have Bogut, Mr. Nasty, take a take a personal foul. It's okay. You could take an offensive foul early in the game and then, you know, get Clay Thompson going. Because when you have Jordan Bell out there, when you had Iggy missing shots and you have Draymond reluctant at first to not take shots, that's three guys in your starting lineup who aren't giving you much offensive output and that makes the defense hone in on Steph and Clay. It's very simple. Whew. Hey, Shask, you got a question for you. Um, do you get neighbor complaints? Oh, dude, my neighbors love me. You got to understand, dude. I am a man of the people. When I moved in, not only did we, I bought the house on Alameda here. My neighbors, they're Korean on one side, Chinese on the other. I got black down the street, love a couple that. white families around. Everybody loves me because I actually cleaned up the house. I'm out in front of my house. I, you know, blow the lawns for everybody. I sweep. I'm a very, man, look, all politics is local. And if you aren't winning over your own neighbors, Shame on you. I mean, I'm all about San Francisco, baby. So if my neighbors don't love me, who can? Oh, amazing. By the way, Sam's over here. I think he wants to talk some San Francisco housing. So Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Back to the Raptors. Uh, all right, Shasky, it sounds like you're pretty confident. It sounds like you, you think the Warriors are still should still win this series. But what what is this DeMarcus Cousins thing? What do you do with him? Like, it, he looks like he can't play. And his ego, he wants to play. And it sounds like he is going to keep playing. But what are you going to do with him? 
I've thought about this long and hard. First off, he's a good player. I mean, he's clearly one of your best players as far as after the top three, Clay, Draymond, and Steph. You know, who knows if Iguodala's 100%. I'm, uh, I'm guessing more like 82%, you know, 75%. But you need DeMarcus's offense. Problem is, he was standing at the three-point line extended. I'm like, dude, that's not where we need you, especially with that second unit where Quinn Cook's a standstill shooter, where Jarebko's just going to stand on the three-point line. Like, you need to play this guy at the block. Put him at the post, all right? Make him put Gasol in foul trouble. Make Siakam have to come over and double. This is why you got this guy. You've never had the element of a low-post player. Why is he standing 47 feet away from the hoop? It makes absolutely no sense to me. And I would be banging him on the block. I know it's a low-percentage play, but he's a great passer. And if you're going to have those other players like Clay Thompson, Quinn Cook, Jarebko, whomever it is, maybe it's Alfonso McKinney, all playing with him, like those guys are going to be standing at the three-point line. Make Toronto double him and get Boogie to the line to feel confident. When he goes to the line, the game slows down. He can hit a free throw. Even if he misses, he'll be able to get back. And that kind of solves two things. Gets him the rock. It gets him some confidence. And it also slows down the game so he doesn't have to try to go back and guard Serge Ibaka in transition. So you you mentioned, you know, we're, we don't want Jordan Bell to start game. Game two is what I'm hearing from you. So who should they start? Should it be Bogut or should it be Boogie? See, I would start Bogut. I don't understand. If you're not going to suit up Damian Jones, like you have to have a little bit of faith in Andrew Bogut. If they're going to play Marcus All, this is the perfect matchup for Andrew Bogut. I'm not saying he needs to play 12, 13 minutes. Just play him for the first three or four minutes. Have him set some off-ball screens. He's clearly a good passer when he catches the ball at about the elbow extended. He can set things up. The team knows how to play around him with him. That's another element of this. I like Jordan Bell. I think he has a role in this series, but it's probably during the meat of the game, in the second, third, maybe into the fourth quarter. I just don't need to see him early in the game, especially when you have the other non-shooters in Draymond and Igor out there with him, again, it just makes the team much more easy to defend. This is a spacing issue, but it's also, I want to run Steph and Clay like dogs off the ball, and I need to set screens. Yeah. Who sets a better screen? Jordan Bell or Andrew Bogut? Like, yeah. to me, it's Andrew Bogut, and it's not, even, it's not even close. And then, here's the other part. Guys, they need somebody to get nasty. Toronto yep. is a nasty team. Yep. They came to play. They were forcing the physicality. Who else better on this roster? When you look at their four 15, 15 men that they have available than Andrew Bogut to at least put an elbow in somebody's chest. It's the finals, baby. Uh, you, you gotta, you gotta try things out. In my opinion, otherwise, there's no point in suiting him up if you're not going to start him because yep. he doesn't really have a role in the second, third, and into the fourth quarter. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. I, I think Andrew Bogut does does need some minutes too, um, just to see, just to see what you get. All right, Shasky, favorite Drake song? Need to know. Get us. Oh, dude, well, first off, uh, I'm late to the Drake party as far as, like, the music and stuff. But for me, it's Meek Mill going bad. I mean, Meek Mill absolutely destroys it. I was late to the Meek Mill party as well. That entire album, Championship, is fire. And the song with him and Drake, it knocks. I don't care who you, who you like as a rap artist, R&B artist. You play that song, the entire party's going to start to feel it. I, that, that song is it's hot. I'm sorry. It is. On the, on the Drake note, so Draymond supposedly gotten a little scuffle to the point where that's all anyone wanted to talk Sam, about. Sam, in my neighborhood, that's not a scuffle. Well, you know, you, you and Draymond are cut from the same cloth. You got a question about basketball? There's some swing. There's some pushing. There's some, that is two dudes talking in my book. So my question for you is Draymond said we live in a soft world where people are looking for confrontation at any any standpoint they can find it to the point where he asks. You got a question about basketball? Do you agree with him? Do you agree that the media is just searching for something, anything other than basketball to talk about at this point? Guys, guys, first off, the problem is, is you have a ton of people in the media 
who don't understand the game of basketball to begin with and then cannot articulate it because they either didn't play it or they don't love it. So what ends up happening is you have a lot of people obsessing about the transaction where Kevin Durant could or couldn't go. Oh, Drake's standing on the sidelines. Instead, we're left with not enough Tim Legler-style breakdowns where he actually explains to you subtle nuances of how the Warriors are effective in the half court via spacing and off-ball movement. See, this is this goes to my core. Too many people that are covering the game of sports, whatever it is, baseball, basketball, football, they don't even love it at their core. They don't love it like I love it. They don't love it like you guys love it. See, I love it. I don't care if it's a bunch of third graders playing basketball. I'm out there. I'm loving it every second of it. These people look for the little angles and things to talk about that are easy for them to digest and then regurgitate because they don't love the sport. And that's the truth. Whew. All right, Shasky, I got one final one for you. I need your I need your best take for this one. What is your prediction for the rest of the series? Well, the rest of the series is going to play out exactly the way Kevin Durant's team wants it to play out, which is the Warriors are going to split. They're going to win this next game. I think they're going to win going away. I expect them to be uber-focused from the get-go. They're going to play fantastic defense, which is going to fuel the transition game for them, which gets teams scrambling on defense. And just by that alone, you're going to get better looks, better shots. They're going to be more in rhythm. For me, it's defense. It starts there. And then when you get back to Oracle, I think they might actually lose one of those two games in Oracle, and hopefully it is game three, so that Durant can come in on the white horse and do exactly what I want him to do, which is find a way to save us and get us to a game six where he can clinch at home, get the finals MVP, and then sign the Supermax days later so I can laugh in everyone's (laughs) face who's been telling me that he's going to go to New York. He's not going to New York, okay? He saw his entire career flash before his eyes with the Achilles near injury. He's staying here. Everything he wants is here. He has the contract where he can get more money. He likes the area. He's not worried about the California state taxes. He's already been here. And we have an advantage where we can give him more money. And then professionally, we can give him all the things that none of the other squads can. He can have an off year and still have an opportunity to go for a championship and then swoop in and steal a finals MVP. If he goes anywhere else and he has one little misstep, I mean, he's not going to be able to get to the finals. The East is significantly more difficult. And did you see what Kyrie Irving did to the Boston Celtics this year? You cannot be at home watching the Warriors against the Rockets like Durant probably was saying, you know, sign me up for four years with Kyrie. He looks like a great teammate. Oh, and James Dolan, what a great owner to work for. I mean, seriously, the reason why this is even a topic is because Rich Kleiman and Kevin Durant rightfully want leverage. And because the New York obsessed media has absolutely nothing to talk about and they are so damn desperate for the Knicks to be relevant when it just it doesn't even matter the Knicks do not matter they've never mattered Durant staying here guys I'm telling you he's winning the finals MVP he's going to come back Steph's going to have a fantastic finals everyone's going to sleep on him like they always do and you know what he's going to rack up the same amount of championships this summer as Joe Montana and Steve Kerr will have his fourth title surpassing Bill Walsh, surpassing Bruce Bochy. This is the greatest team we've ever seen in the Bay Area. Embrace it. Stick your chest out. If you can't be arrogant now, Warrior fans, when the hell can you when you're watching sports? This is the time. And I want to see Oracle bring it, guys. Let's be honest. I don't want these white collar. I just bought a brand new jersey. I'm sitting in the third row because I want to be near Mr. Fab fans. I need that place to have the same vibe Toronto had. I've been disgusted with some of the output from the noise level at Oracle this year, I am banking on Oracle being through the roof for Game 3 and Game 4. They, they have to bring it. We've only got a couple games left. Oh, Joe. Oh, my. you are a legend, sir. Let's, uh, let's play 18 one time, huh? Take care. Hey, boys, have a good one. Go Dubs. Steph Curry tomorrow night will be pulling the role of Arya Stark. He's going to rip out the soul of Canada. I can't wait. What a legend. What a what a legend. You know Can what I game need? start now? You know what I need? <laughs> yeah. You know what I need? I need that entire segment. Uh you put it in a syringe. Uh and then you just inject it into my arm. I just need I need it. that played back with some Metallica. Maybe maybe a little master of puppets behind it. <laughs> ACDC maybe. Uh Guns N' Roses is that I don't even listen to that. Is that is are, are those kind of close? Yeah, close enough. 
Oh, man. Um, interesting take. By the way, so far we've had Waz from The Athletic come on. We have Grant Liffman from Warriors Outsiders. We have Joe Shasky that just came on. We had three incredible guests. Um, Joe uh, predicted a KD Finals MVP. Uh, game six series win and a and a and then he th- went with I the think Max everyone extension. wants that. Everyone wants the um, the walk off win at Oracle. Um, but I I want to get into the center thing because uh, Shasky was the third guest who brought it up at this point. Do the Warriors start Jordan Bell for game two? No, he's not starting. There's no. You, way. you feel pretty confident? Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, there's no. There's absolutely no way. Um, I find it fascinating who you think he's going to start because I do agree with Joe in saying that Andrew Bogut is a good – throw him out there for four or five minutes, see what happens, right? Yeah. So my thing is um, you clearly want to get – Black uh, Sabbath, someone said. <laughs> Black Sabbath would be a good call. You, you clearly want uh, DeMarcus Cousins going against the second unit, leading those non-Steph minutes. Uh, it looked okay in the first half, a little less good in the second half, but ultimately that's going to be his best chance at impacting the game, right? Yeah, so so that you don't want to play him off the bench. Sorry, yeah, you don't want to do that. Cousins. My I thing d- is, do they do they start Looney? I, I know they've liked Looney coming off the bench in that kind of uh, lead the second unit and close games role. Is it time that they maybe start Looney? Let Boogie come off the bench and then put Bogan why, in there when they need to. Why are they so worried about Looney's minutes? Why do you think? It's it's the hip thing. I don't think uh, he can. I mean, he's been playing. He played twenty eight minutes last game. Yeah, I mean, he, he's been playing yeah. twenty five to thirty for the last handful of games, pretty much since five Katie, fouls. Katie goes down, went yeah. down, um, and I think they like him in that role, and that role makes sense for him. But I'm just looking at the rotation right now. I think you want Cousins to go against a second unit, so it might make sense to start Looney. Yeah. <sighs> I think he's got that Andre Godala syndrome where it's like even Andre admitted it right before the series started and said anybody that says Warriors are better without KD is, is just ridiculous because with KD out is not about you know not about what he brings about what it what it takes out of me right Andre Godala is breaking down right well now. it's also about what he brings yeah well, but yes I mean he it's brings quite mo- a bit <laughs> it's more than Andre's point was uh, it's more than just the scoring and the defense and the passing and everything. It's what it sets off for the entire rotation. Yeah, and it's same with Looney. You know, it's like you maybe you don't want him playing 30, 35 minutes every game because then you might not have him for a crucial game five, game six, right? Um, and so the, I, th- I think that's one of the things that the, the Steve Kerr wor- worries about. Um, but, man, it's the NBA Finals. It's the NBA Finals. You throw your best players out there, and you just let them go. Like, Steph came in. In the fourth quarter last game with about, I, I, I want to say with about six to seven minutes left. And he probably should have been in with about nine minutes left, right? Maybe even yeah, there, ten minutes There was left. a stretch where they were down three. It was 87 yep. to 90. And just go for it. Should have put Steph in right there. They didn't. The Raptors took it back up to eight mm-hmm. or nine points right after that. And then Steph comes in and they're down nine instead of being down three. Yep. Those little things. I mean, they have just so much less margin forever without margin for error without KD. You you kind of have to play through at this point. Yeah, you kind of do. And Kawhi Leonard played forty three minutes. Steph played forty. Why not just play Steph forty three? I understand that Steph is smaller and he can wear him down. But it's the NBA Finals. You only have so many games left in the season, and it's not the time now to worry about rest. Game one is over. You are down o one. The Warriors are down o one. You have to treat. Game two of the NBA Finals, like Game two of the NBA Finals, Sam. You cannot treat it like it's the first round series against the Clippers, right? Where you know you can win a game if you need to. Um, I want to. I want to go back to one of Shasky's points. He said he needs more from Clay Thompson. Clay had twenty-one points. He was eight of seventeen. I thought it was kind of a quiet twenty-one. I didn't think he was bad or anything. But I think they do need more from him, and I'm trying to figure out how they can get more from him. The big thing for me with Clay at this point was he only had six threes. They ran him off the line. Uh, he was getting a lot of mid-range and kind of short mid-range shots. And to his credit, he made a decent amount of them. But they need more out of him at this point. Yeah, they do. Um, they need more just they – need, they need a Clay Thompson that is 
uh, plugged in both on defense and offense. And defensively, he was kind of knocked out of the game, too. He can't really guard Kawhi. He's kind of a little bit too small. And then Kyle Lowry's not really a part of the offense where Klay Thompson's doing much, right? And obviously, if you switch him up against someone like Asal or Ibaka, he's too small. So it's what's his role on defense here? Because he's usually guarding the Russell Westbrooks, right, and the Chris Pauls. Um, and it's not the case right now. So uh, the effect that Clay has as a two-way player is not the same. Uh, I I do think though uh the Warriors I think I do think they'll start Andrew Bogut. Um and I think that that will help Clay Thompson get shots. And he's gonna play better, he will play better, but he's just not that type of consistent player though. Like he's never been that guy. Like when has he ever been someone where you can rely on him to score, you know, 25, 30 points like that, right? He's not Steph Curry. Um, he's not that type of player. So I almost think that you you don't want to expect that from him too much um, because his defense is minimized uh, just against this Raptors team, and his offense just isn't predicated like that. Like He can't dribble. So that's why I keep coming back to who's going to be the third scorer because Clay's going to work off ball all game, and he'll take open shots, and he'll even take some rush shots because no one else will take them. Uh, but they need someone else to loosen up the defense to get Clay some better looks. Starting Bogut makes sense from the sense of he's the best screen setter on the team. He's going to get Clay a little more space that way. Uh, but he's not looking to score, so at some point they're going to start overloading yeah. Clay that way too. Now, Steph is cl- the key here. He had 34, uh, but it was a quiet 34. He probably has to do more as well. I mean, I keep going back to this. We probably need Steph and Clay to score 60 plus and need someone whether it's Iguodala, whether it's Draymond, to start making some shots. According to the text line, Sam, uh, according to Raider Debater, who's kind of texted in here, uh, on the Chilton Auto Body text line, 95795, Alfonso McKinney. I've literally never heard, ever seen Alfonso McKinney stand, but I think we have one here. Uh, says he's got to start. He's the most healthy, healthy, active player. You think that's someone that should play more minutes? He, how many minutes he play in game one? About eight, eight, eight minutes. minutes only. You think he should play more? Uh, probably not. <laughs> McKinney's, uh, I mean, he's, he's he's athletic, but he has not proven to be a good defender. And I don't know, man. Going against Kawhi Leonard or being stuck on a shooter like yeah. Van Vliet or Danny Green, I, it's hard to see how McKinney's the answer here. I They really need Iguodala to start hitting shots, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, it, it's really – you have your guys. The Warriors have their guys. They know – they know, this is who they've – this is – why they're so great. They have Draymond. They have Clay. They have Steph. They have Andre Godala. This is who they got here with. That's who needs to play better. All of those guys need to play better. Um, and they will. And they will. This is a team. They're not. Steph is not old. These guys aren't like 36, right? They're not washed. Um, Draymond Green. I mean, sorry. Andre Godala is not washed. He's, he's just, he, if he's healthy enough, he still has enough in the tank uh, to play well. So, um, we got about, what, 15 minutes here left, Sam? So we can probably squeeze in a couple more calls if people are calling in 888. Oh, they put the number in a different spot this week. So 888-957-9570 um, before we get out of here. Or you can text us on the Chilton Auto Buy text line, 95795. Um, the one thing Kerr harped on was the transition defense. Yeah, the biggest thing for me was our transition defense was just awful. And, and that's the game. That's the number one priority when you play Toronto. You have to... Uh, you have to take care of their transition, and we gave up 24 fast break points. We turned it over 17 times, so that that's the game, really. Um, the other stuff, you know, guys are going to make shots, miss shots. Oh, did you do a fade out? <laughs> oh, well done, producer Sam, right there. The Warriors were outscored in transition. Um, can you think of any games they've won where they've been outscored in transition? High level games, not. Yeah. Not Tuesday against Phoenix or yeah. you know Wednesday against Orlando. It's usually the Warriors that does the uh, that does the wreckage on in transition. Like they're usually the Steph Curry's usually or Draymond Green's bringing the ball up. He has Steph on one side, Clay on the other, right? Like that's usually what they do in transition. transition. And I'm willing I'm willing to give this one to Rust, particularly in the first half. Yep. They were yep. terrible in transition. Yep. I think they gave up 14 threes in the first quarter. The Raptors took 19 threes the yep. rest of the game. Yep. So um, there was a level of. <laughs> You know, we haven't played in 10 days, and the team we played before that was Portland, who's not of this caliber. Uh, we were caught off guard by a clearly superior team to the team we last played 10 days ago. Yeah, yeah. And keep in mind here, the Warriors scored 60 points in the second half. 
right? And they outscored the Raptors in the second half. So it was, it, it was the, the, the it took well, they a half. them by one. So it wasn't, I mean, they played them even in the second half. It was the first half where the Raptors got the lead. Yeah. What do you think, Sam? Rest of the series. Let's let's go with uh, let's go with final thoughts and predictions here. We'll riff off of that. I really think Game Two has got to be a must-win for them at this point. What do you think is going to happen? Or rest of the series? You think they're going in six? You, you want the fairy tale ending? I don't know. I th- I think it could go seven at this point. <sighs> I think Stressed. until we know where KD is coming back, it's it's in the balance. Yeah. Um, I need to see what they bring in game two. I'm legitimately worried if they have enough offense. Uh, Waz mentioned it earlier in the show. He's right. They did get some open looks that they missed in game one. But I will mention, a lot of those open looks were to non-shooters. Steph and Clay only took 15 threes. If this is a mediocre defense, they're getting up 20 to 25. I think the Warriors win the next four games. Uh, and I think this one's over in five. I, I just this the, watching these Raptors, right? Watch, watching these Raptors, there was no point in time I felt like, hey, Kawhi Leonard, completely unstoppable. Pascal Siakam, they're not going to be able to guard him through seven games, right? There's no player, there's no play that the Raptors have done in that game where I think, man, the Warriors just going to have trouble this series, and they're not going to be able to stop him. And, and I keep going back to this point: Kawhi was mediocre, B minus game. They right. took him. They made him mediocre. It wasn't a... But in doing it, they gave Siakam easy opportunities. They gave Marc Gasol easy opportunities. And these are good players. They're players who can take advantage of that. Sam, they're not... Pascal Siakam and Marc Gasol are never combining in the series again for 52 points. I don't think I don't think Kawhi and Kyle Lowry are combining for only 30 points again. Kyle Lowry scoring seven points in game will not surprise me if that happens again. I don't know, man. I think <laughs> I think you're underselling. I think I just think I think the Warriors let, can play me, a lot better. Let me let me take a step back here. This was you a C plus right effort in saying Kawhi is probably not going to take over the game on a consistent basis the way that we're used to watching Kevin Durant do it. Although he has done it for a good portion of the playoffs, but. All five of the players they they play, all five of the players they start are capable scorers. The Warriors are playing two to three players who are not looking to score the ball, and that's where the difference lies to me. They have a lot of guys who you can who can get twenty points in any given game. Can Andre Iguodala give you twenty points? I don't know. Can Draymond give you twenty they don't points? Need those it's a guys lot to less consistent. Points. No, they do. That's the thing. They don't. Until, they don't need them to score until KD points. comes back. They need someone to give them more offense or. They're going to be dependent on Steph going nuts, which he can do, but that's a lot to. Put All right, on so let's guy. let's break this down because uh, we have man, we went an hour and forty five minutes and didn't talk about this. Uh, this series for Steph Curry, if he wants to be the best player in the world, he wants to win Finals MVP, right? If he wants to lead his team four four titles, five years. We got to stop talking about Draymond Green having to score twenty points and Andre Iguodala having to you know score five threes. It's got to be Steph, thirty four points, eighteen shots, fourteen free throws. Hey, listen, maybe you just got to be better. Maybe he's you just average- have to be he's better. Averaging over thirty five points a game since KD went down. Maybe you need. I more. would argue he has less offensive support than maybe anyone who's been in the finals in the last 15 years. He has less <laughs> offensive support than LeBron James. I mean, I, I don't know what you really want to say here. The guy's averaging 35 efficiently, and they need him to do more is what you're saying to me. And the reason they need him to do more is because Draymond is not a scorer. Right. Andre Godala is not a scorer. Kayvon Looney, not a scorer. Jordan Bell, not but a scorer. But th- listen, that's how the team has been built, though. That's how the team has been built, and so that's okay. And now KD's hurt; he just he's just gonna have to go for forty. Like that's that's what's expected from the greatest players in the world, right? Steph is gonna go down as like a top, I don't know, ten, fifteen, twenty player of all time, right? Like, hey, averaging thirty is great, but th- they might need him to go for forty, forty-five in these next couple games that KD's out. He could do that. I I, I think that's something. You know, maybe it's too much. Maybe it shouldn't be expected, but. You know, if you're going to be known as that player, you should have a couple of those games. Yeah, okay. Um, that's a fair point. Um, 
you, you want to see him take 28 shots, not 18 shots. <laughs> I want to see. What you're I want to see. By the way, from I am the biggest, your resident biggest Steph stand, right? And so I say this because, yeah, if he shoots 28 shots, I mean, more often than not, he's probably going to make at least you know 10, 12 of them, right? And and if those are threes, I just think the Warriors. And there's the there's the other side when he puts up shots, he has two to three hands in his face. They get offensive rebounds. How many offensive rebounds has Kevon Looney got off of uh, contested Steph shot? How many times has Andre Godala or McKinney swooped in yeah. because two guys are contesting Steph? Uh, yeah, I mean, you do bring up a good point. I, th- I think that's kind of something we attribute to Kobe Bryant more than anyone. <laughs> the uh, you know, yeah, right, right, right. attract attention right. and the Kobe assist off the board. But yeah, I mean... Maybe, maybe you are right. Maybe Steph just needs to be more aggressive. Maybe he needs to break the offense and just take more shots. It's like the uh, the MVP seasons of Steph Curry where he would just in rhythm on a roll and he would just go out there and he would just play. Um, excuse me. And he just seven oh seven. How about max contract Clay step up? I think you're asking. I think you're. Um, correlating to something that that doesn't really work where it's like just because he has a max contract doesn't doesn't mean he should necessarily be averaging 30 40 plus points a game right and maybe you're not asking him to do that but it's too much like clay is not someone who's dribble 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 you know consistently making those shots like that's not who clay thompson is that's not who he ever was i don't think that's something we should expect from him moving forward although he should be better than eight for 17 21 points uh in game two Yeah, um, I think Clay, Clay gets most of his shots through rhythm, which is to say Steph has to be the one who kind of puts the pressure on the defense, and uh, that's where Clay's, Clay's going to capitalize. Uh, we've got, oh, we got a caller, a late show caller. We got Deshaun, Oakland. Deshaun, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for, thanks for having me, guys. Chilling, man. KD update. So what are your thoughts on Durant? What are we thinking? Uh I just want to get a thoughts on Durant and see um, about the update because I know he's not practicing today. And Kerr said if he doesn't practice, most likely he's not going to play on the road trip. So, can you guys give me any update on what the difference from the um, 24 to 72 hours will make? Will he play? Will he play in Oakland? Thank you, Deshaun. I get to be a doctor. <laughs> well. At this point, we're all um, going off of the same information. The Warriors have been incredibly secretive about this. It's the NBA Finals. No one's going to give you information they don't have to about their team. Um, They do have three days from game two till game three. The Chris Haynes report did say some are optimistic he'll play game three, but they're aiming towards game four. Uh, I wouldn't read too much into him not practicing today. I still think it's a toss-up if he'll play game three or game four. Uh, we're just going to have to wait and see. Sam, he asked, what is the difference it makes for your calf in those three days? So My mom always wanted me to be a doctor. So, so As long as he hydrates, as long as he stretches. More know, potassium. More, more bananas. You know, so. Maybe some Gatorade. Maybe, maybe, not, maybe not as much sugar. Um, no, I, I, think, um, I think you're right. I think the Warriors are not going to say anything that they don't need to. I do, however, think that they've been cautiously optimistic that KD will be back this series earlier. There are some people in national media that are saying he'd be out for the finals, which was never going to happen. There was no way that was ever. If you follow this team and you, you know, read stuff from, you know, Anthony Slater or, you know, Tim Kawakami, right? You just read an article, you know, like Kevin Durant was always going to play. And, I think he's back game three. I think he's back game three regardless of what happens. I think he was always going to be get back game three, barring any type of setback. Um, I, so here's, what, here's what I think, Andy. I think if they win game two, they sit him game three. They give him that extra two days. Just an extra day or two days, yeah. Um, I think if they lose, I don't think they can risk going down 0-3. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's where this game two is huge. This game two could be the difference in KD coming back. To game three or not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good thought. I, I think uh, um, – I, I do think he's th- – there were videos video of him, like, limping up to the to the uh, airplane and stuff like that. Like, I think he was kind of playing to the cameras a little bit. I think um, Kevin Durant always kind of knew when he was coming back. What, what's it, four weeks on Wednesday uh, from the initial sprain or the that strain? That is correct. So – 
Um, I think that is uh, per Dr. WebMD is how long a uh, second, what is it, second, second degree? Grade two. Grade two, second degree, wow. Um, no but it's, it's hard to say. No one's, uh, no one's speaking on it. The worst never gave it a formal diagnosis. They just called it a, uh, a strain. Yeah. Um, and the right to do that. Uh, I, obviously, all of us as fans, we want to know because we want to pencil in a date that Katie's back. Uh, because it makes us feel better to know that Katie will be back game three, game four. Uh, but it's not going to be like that. And you get it. It's the playoffs. Why do you want to let your opponent know when the best player in the world is going to return? When one Whoa. of the greatest players of all time is going to return? Isn't it to the Warriors' advantage to kind of keep it as in-house as possible? Yeah. Hey, how do you think KD's feeling, by the way? After being called the best player in the world, he's up 2-0 against Houston. Even it was up 2-2 against Houston. You don't think he was ever going to – you don't think the Warriors are ever going to lose. And then all of a sudden he gets hurt. The Warriors sweep Portland, and all of a sudden the narrative shifts to, well, are the Warriors better without Kevin Durant? I'm sure he didn't like that. Uh, and now, you know, the Warriors are down 0-1 in the NBA Finals, and it's, oh, when is KD coming back? I mean, if I was KD, I'd be frustrated yeah. uh, because he was playing some of his most dominant ball, and then he gets a calf strain, and then it's just annoying. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the noise around this team with the, the talk shows and everything has has been kind of uh, a lot for three years, and just giving extra fodder to it, it's it's a little annoying. Yeah, it's, I'd, be, I'd be frustrated. It's like, man, that's what you're talking about? That's the stuff you're thinking about? Like um, what should have been the topic is that was an amazing game six against Houston where they rallied without him and eliminated the Rockets. Instead, immediately it, it, we have to relitigate Katie's role on this team. Yeah. When we know, by the way, we know every nobody's smart. Nobody that understands basketball or watches basketball is saying that the Warriors are better without Kevin Durant. Nobody is saying that, but it's you get the big talking heads, and then it becomes a, a huge thing. Um, the 408 text. Even when KD comes back, do you guys expect him to dominate the same way? You don't think being absent from basketball multiple games will affect his play? Yeah, I mean, but they don't need him to score 50, score 45, the way he was doing before he went down. They need him to do better than three for seven, oh for four from three, which was Andre Godala's line. They need him to do better than Alfonso McKinney. They need him to there's a big range between the all time level he was playing on before his injury and what the Warriors are dealing without him. So even if he's back and it takes him a little bit to get into it, I mean he's gonna help the team. Yeah, and uh, we got a hard out in like 30 seconds. So, Ciara from Atlanta, we can't take your call. But um, I think he wanted to know about Kawhi's injury. Yeah, he doesn't look healthy. Um, he doesn't look like uh, he's moving very well. Um, it's part of how he moves. But that's the other thing as well. The Warriors are really good at figuring out a defense and figuring out an offense in a long series. They did it against every team that they've played so far uh, in their postseason runs, and I think this is part of it. They're going to figure out this Raptors defense, and the longer you get Kawhi in this series, the longer it's that quad doesn't look right. Or I don't know what it is. Quad, groin, knee, I don't know what it is, but he doesn't look right. Anyway. Final, final thought for you out of here, Andy. Who's going to be the hero tomorrow? Steph Curry. <laughs> Warriors World Radio, Andy Liu, Samus Fendiari. We will see you next week. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.